You are listening to A Cup of Tea with the DBE, brought to you by the Daughters of the British Empire. British Empire is a 501c3 non-profit American Society of Women of British or Commonwealth birth or ancestry, sharing and promoting our heritage while supporting local charities and our senior living facilities across the U.S. Good evening and welcome to episode 23 of A Cup of Tea with the DBE. Now, Some of you may have noticed that this episode is a few days late, but that's for two reasons. First being that I wanted to wish you all a very happy Founders Day. If you're doing anything special to celebrate, write in and tell me about it. The second reason is that today happens to be the 110th anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic, and this episode happens to be all about the Titanic. So pour yourself a cup of tea and get comfortable. First, let's hear who my guest is. My name is Marissa. I am a Titanic enthusiast and have been since I was 10 years old and I'm 33 now. So most of my life and like most people in our age range, I, you know, first got invested because of the fabulous blockbuster hit Titanic that James Cameron so lovingly graced the world with. We watched it at home and after that movie was over. My mother very famously said, that is the longest time you have ever been quiet for. (laughs) (laughs) So it was just that, you know, launching pad that just opened up this world of like, I just wanted to know everything about it. So at a very young age, I started learning everything I could about like this beautiful boat and the people who were on it, like how it was made, um, what happened to everything afterwards, like the salvage of the wreck, any opportunity I've ever had to go to a museum. On Wednesday, April 10th, 1912, at 12 noon, Titanic left the White Star Dock in Southampton. Four days into her maiden voyage at 11.40 at night on Sunday, April 14th, Titanic struck an iceberg at a speed of 22 knots and suffered a glancing blow buckling her starboard side. Taking two hours and 40 minutes to sink, Titanic took her final plunge at 2.20 a.m. Of the estimated 2,224 people on board, only around 710 survived. To this day, Titanic sinking remains one of the deadliest peacetime maritime disasters in history. The tragedy had lasting effects on maritime law that are still in effect. For a lot of us, when we think of Titanic, you know, we think of the two hours and 40 minutes from the time she struck the iceberg to the time that, you know, she did the final plunge into the Atlantic Ocean. What doesn't get talked about a whole lot is the actual chain of events that started occurring after that and how one momentary event changed the entire world. The biggest changes that came about afterwards were the changes in maritime law in regards to safety, how ships were going to be built going forward to just standard regulations to lifeboat drills. And first and foremost, you know, the law that changed that would be the more obvious one was the number of lifeboats that should be on board any ship at any time. So what a lot of people don't know is that the Titanic actually 
um, met the law for the time of how many lifeboats were to be aboard a ship. So at the time, yeah, I know. Right. But at the time it was actually, you faced how many lifeboats you should have aboard a ship by the weight of the ship, not necessarily the number of people on the ship. In a perfect world where the lifeboats were filled to capacity, um, there still would have only been enough room for a little over a thousand people on the boats. Um, Yeah. Um, There now must be enough for each soul aboard the ship. There are now to be four crew members assigned to each lifeboat. Um, Lifeboat drills are now mandatory and passengers and crew are now assigned a lifeboat um, when boarding the ship to kind of, yeah, to kind of alleviate some of the chaos of like, where do we go? Mm -hmm. And well, the lifeboats on Titanic actually did have some provisions like crackers and signal flares and stuff like that. But it's now mandatory that they have provisions aboard the ship, like signal flares, compasses, all that you might need. Um, She had 16 lifeboats on board and four collapsibles. So um, she actually had more than what was required by law. And a lot of people think like looking back, okay, well, they should have had enough for everyone on board. But around this time too, um, what a lot of people don't really take into consideration is that this was kind of a new concept that these competing companies with these different steamships and building ships that are going to be bigger and better and more luxurious than before. This was really like some of the first times that these things were happening. Another thing that changed um, in that turn of event that I thought was really interesting, and we actually still have it today, um, was an ice patrol um, that patrols the icier areas of the oceans. And it's actually run by the U.S. Coast Guard even today. And we also now have the Radio Act of 1912 that went into effect after the sinking of the ship. Um So very famously, there was a ship very close to where the Titanic was called the Californian. And the Californian's Marconi operator um, very famously went to bed at 1130 that night um, after receiving a message from the Titanic's Marconi operators um, saying, leave us alone. (laughs) They were attempting to warn the Titanic of the ice field that they were in. And to no fault of their own, um, the Marconi operators on the Titanic were very backed up with passenger messages and requests. And they were more worried about getting to those than they were the ice warnings in particular, because they were on the safest ship in the world. So why would they worry about that, right? The Californian's Marconi operator went to bed at 1130 and then Titanic hit the iceberg 10 minutes later. It's very sad to think back on because something, you know, very simple as there being a mandated that someone's always operating the radios could have, you know, changed the turn of event there. Mm -hmm. Um, But we now have the Radio Act of 1912 that requires that ships must operate their um, radio signals um, 24 hours. So And a lot of these laws were being thought about prior to the sinking of the Titanic. Like I said, the Industrial Revolution kind of like sparked a lot of this conversation. Mm -hmm. But the Titanic disaster definitely moved a lot of these along there. One thing I found very interesting that is not mandated on ships these days is actually binoculars. So Frederick Fleet, um, one of the 
lookouts who very famously said iceberg right ahead, um, you know, testified that binoculars would have made it easier to spot the iceberg sooner. Um, because even the conditions that they were sailing in that night were very different than what they had ever experienced before. There was no tide, so they couldn't see any like waves crashing up against the iceberg. It was a moonless night, so only stars, so they didn't even have that light. And even when you're looking at water, even if you look at like something behind a cup of water, it distorts a little bit. Mm -hmm. So they're essentially staring into darkness, just waiting to see some type of like optical illusion, essentially. And that's what they saw first was just a big black mass. But yes, Mr. Frederick Fleet, um, you know, did state that binoculars would have made it easier to spot the berg sooner. But binoculars are actually not required on ships these days. That's just one thing I found kind of interesting. And I assume that uh, advancements in technology probably make them less of a necessity these days. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like there's, I'm sure several, even like better safety mm-hmm. measures that can be taken to see these things. And one reason I found out why was because of like the rocking of the boat, the binoculars really don't help out too much. Um, but yes, the binoculars were very famously locked in the crow's nest locker And a gentleman um, by the name of David Blair, he was supposed to be working Titanic and was reassigned. Um, He accidentally took the key with him. So the Titanic set sail and they didn't have the key to the locker. So I know just a very bad series of events there. (laughs) It seems that the fate of the Titanic was truly the result of a series of unfortunate events. Many are climate related. Researchers in 2012 found that at the time of the Titanic's voyage, the particular alignment of the sun, the moon, and the earth produced higher tides, and warmer Gulf Stream waters at the same time meant more icebergs corralling along the path. These factors combined with her sheer size hindering her ability to maneuver quickly and the speed at which they were sailing did not bode well. It is likely that atmospheric conditions also obscured the iceberg's visibility by what is known as a super-refraction. Some attribute a weakness in structural integrity to the hand-finished rivets of the bow, which was too big to fit in the shipyard where the rivets could have been finished hydraulically. Others will argue a fire in the coal bunker also weakened the structural integrity of the hull. And of course, Titanic was able to carry 64 lifeboats, but only had 20 on board. A lifeboat drill was cancelled the morning of the collision, and binoculars were locked away with the key not on board. The most critical message warning of icebergs did not make it to Captain Smith as it did not bear the MSG prefix for Master's service gram, so it wasn't deemed important. After the collision, curious passengers opened the portholes which were left open as they moved to the safety of higher decks, allowing water to fill the lower levels more quickly. Meanwhile, the watertight doors of the lower decks were being closed so the ship was flooding unevenly. Had they been left open, the lower decks would have flooded equally and may have prolonged Titanic sinking. Like I kind of touched on earlier, even like the conditions of the weather that night were unlike anything that had happened up until then or that we've seen since then from the ice in the ice fields you know, we've never seen ice fields and the size of icebergs since then either. So that in and of itself, it was almost like it was destined to happen in a big way um, from not having the binoculars to, you know, the Californians, Marconi operator calling it an early night because he got a little mad. 
at a, at the Titanic's Marconi operators there. And even, you know, you can like go into like, you know, the conspiracies that there was even a book written two years prior. I've seen something about that, that kind of predicted the sinking yeah, yeah. And very, you know, similar events, an unsinkable ship that was going to be very lug- luxurious called the Titan, <laughs> almost destined to happen in a lot of ways. And a lot of conspiracy theorists like to even dig further into that to say like, okay, well, all of the richest people at the time were on this ship. So this was just destined for disaster here. There was even a tradition have the ship, you know, blessed by, um, you know, what, whichever like major religion is associated with the company, um, but they'll bless the ship. The Titanic wasn't blessed. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yes. It's tradition for a lot of ship companies. Um, they essentially christen the ship and they'll break a bottle of champagne on the side of the ship. And that's supposed to be a sign of good luck. The Titanic did not have that happen. And the lifeboat drill was actually canceled that morning of April 14th, 1912. Definitely a very odd series of events. Um, Some folks say that the fire that was on board the ship had something to do with it. And some folks even theorize that the rivets, you know, weren't of the highest quality of the time. Just a series of unfortunate events. As a result, here we are talking about it. Yeah. A lot of folks who are diehard, like Titanic historians, they grasp onto like the history part and the accuracy part. They don't like talking about this stuff too much, but I think it's kind of fun too, just because here's the thing. A lot of people are putting the misinformation out there. So -hmm. if we talk about it in a way that's like a little bit more fun, like we can still get the facts and the history part out there, in my humble opinion. A lot of folks, especially Theorists on TikTok and YouTube have said that the iceberg was not the reason the Titanic sank, that it was due to a fire that was on board the ship. I personally do not believe that this is what happened. Let's kind of look at the facts. Was there a fire on the ship? Yes, there was um, a fire on board the ship. But what we cannot prove today either way is that the fire had anything to do with the weakening of the steel or anything resulting in the ultimate demise of the ship. If we look at the facts, the fire did happen in coal bunker number five. And there were two firemen that, you know, gave testimony who survived that gave testimony that afterwards the inside of the ship, the wall against it did look warped in a way. And obviously because, you know, the smoke, you know, it was discolored. And there was a picture that came out Um, around 2017. There was a documentary, Titanic, The New Evidence, and I don't necessarily recommend that documentary as like factual. It's more of like fun to talk about, but there is this picture that came out and it was like, oh my gosh, you can see this big like fire stain on the side of the ship. And oh my goodness, look at how big it is. But what a lot of folks don't necessarily think about is that that picture was taken with a camera from 1912. So Mm -hmm. like that could have been like an issue developing the film, a smudge on the camera. It could have been a number of things. And even like you can debunk it because on that picture where the stain is like, yeah, it's on the starboard side of the ship where the, you know, iceberg hit, but it's much further back. The 
Berg hit before where Coal Bunker number five would have been. But one um, thing that's really interesting, a very famous Titanic historian, his name's Park Stevenson. He actually, you know, refers to the coal fire as Titanic's guardian angel. Coal fire on the starboard side of the ship. And that's also where the Berg hit. During the coal fire, what needed to happen was now we have all this coal that we need to get to the port side of the ship. Mm -hmm. So firemen, crewmen started bringing all that coal to the other side of the ship. Park Stevenson's theory states that when the Berg hit, instead of capsizing and sinking kind of that way, kind of similar to the Costa Concordia, now it kind of evened out the weight distribution of the Mm. ship. Had the Berg hit and we start to capsize, we would have maybe only had an hour of time between the time the Berg hit and between the time of the final plunge. And she stayed afloat for two hours and 40 minutes before her final plunge. So in a big way, the fire could have been what saved a lot of people because she hit the Berg at 1140. The first lifeboat wasn't being lowered down until 1225. Another thing that's a lot of fun to talk about, and this was a theory that kind of, you know, came out in the past few years, was that the Titanic didn't sink that it was the Olympic. Have you heard of that? (laughs) I think briefly, but I think it's been a while, so please refresh my memory. (laughs) A lot of conspiracy theorists, you know, will stand by the idea that the Titanic did not sink that day, that that was the Olympic, and you can't convince anyone otherwise. You know, it takes a little bit of, you know, diving to an understanding of that to be able to accept this as fact here. But um, some facts that we do have, the Olympic did crash um, with the HMS Hawk, which was a warship, a couple of years before the Titanic would set sail. So one part of the theory states that J.P. Morgan, the owner of the White Star Line, wanted to essentially collect the insurance money from the damages of the Olympic when it crashed with the HMS Hawk because White Star Line was found at fault in that. So they had to pay for their own damages, essentially. Mm -hmm. No loss of life in that case. Um, It didn't sink. It just needed to get fixed up a little bit. And the other fact is that, yeah, the Olympic was in worse condition than the Titanic. The Olympic was a little bit older. And at the time of the crash with the HMS Hawk, um, that was actually the Olympic's fifth voyage. So a little bit more wear and tear, but really nothing too crazy to write home about. The Olympic would go on to be retired in 1935. There was really nothing longstanding wrong with the Olympic. Um, They were also built in the same shipyard, the Titanic and the Olympic were. So to make sure that the correct parts were being sent to the correct ship, essentially, um, each of the parts were marked with a number for each ship. So the Olympic was marked with 400 and the Titanic was marked 401. What's really cool is like, even if you go to any Titanic museum, some of the artifacts you'll see are marked 401. And we can see even on the ocean floor, like the propellers clearly marked 401, boilers marked 401. So that is obviously like one of the upstanding facts to say that this theory is false. But we also know that the ships weren't exactly identical. So for example, the Titanic's um, forward promenade deck is completely closed off, whereas on the Olympic, um, it's open. So the number of portholes was actually different too. The Titanic had 14, the Olympic had 16. Um, And you can even see the closed promenade deck on Titanic today. So we know that that is the Titanic and in fact, not the Olympic. 
But an author by the name of Robin Gardiner um, came out with a book called Titanic, The Ship That Never Sank, stating <laughs> that, you know, due to the Olympics crash, J.P. Morgan wanted to um, get some of his money back and it was going to be a big insurance scam. And you know, JP Morgan canceled his attendance on the Titanic last minute. And oh my God, why else would he do that? But looking at the facts here, the Titanic was actually underinsured. So Mr. JP Morgan, his company spent $7.5 million to build the Titanic. And it was only insured for 5 million. Oh, wow. By the Titanic sinking, you know, he already off the bat already lost $2.5 million. Mm-hmm. And it only cost $125,000 to fix the Olympic. Did JP Morgan cancel his attendance on the ship? Yes, he did. Um, but he did that about a month in advance, not last minute, like a lot of folks say. A lot of folks are also privy to believe this theory because there was a picture and a story going around the internet a few years back stating that a passenger by the name of James Fenton, his last words were that wasn't the Titanic that sank that night, that was the Olympic. However, there is no James Fenton on any passenger list that is out there or survivors list. That is the Olympic and the Titanic being swapped debunked. (laughs) The Olympic, the Titanic, and the Britannic were designed to be the largest and most luxurious passenger ships of the time to give the White Star Line an advantage in transatlantic passenger trade. And, as Marissa mentioned, the Olympic was actually in service until 1936. Both she and the Titanic were briefly the largest ships in the world until the Queen Mary was commissioned in 1936. The Britannic was lost during World War I after hitting a mine in the Aegean Sea before she could even enter passenger service. All three Olympic-class ocean liners were constructed by the Harland and Wolfe shipyard in Belfast, which is still in operation today. There is much more from my chat with Marissa, so if you'd like to hear about notable people who were on board Titanic, or how her sinking changed journalism laws, amongst other things, I will be releasing that in future episodes. Again, happy Founders Day and raise a glass to Sarah Langstaff, as well as the passion as well as the passengers and crew of the unsinkable ship Titanic. Don't forget you can contact me with your comments, questions, and suggestions at podcast at dbenational.org. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Goodreads, and many other places. There is a link tree in the show notes. And you can also find Marissa's social media accounts listed there as well if you'd like to follow her for more things Titanic. As always, until next time, not ourselves, but the cause.